In the 3rd millennium BC, long before the rise of the Assyrians and the Babylonians, thousands of years before the time of the Greeks and the Romans, the very last Sumerian kingdom arose upon the plains of modern-day southern Iraq and succeeded in unifying all of the already ancient Sumerian city-states into a political whole. From his power base at Uma, directly between the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers, one Sumerian ruler gradually brought together every other town and citadel of the Mesopotamian plain through a combination of military might and political machination. He is even thought to have launched military campaigns as far afield as the Mediterranean to the northwest, the very first time in history that a Sumerian ruler extended his influence to reach the place that they perceived to be the very edge of the world. That king's name was Lugal Zargzi, and had he not been very quickly overshadowed at the end of his life by a non-Sumerian newcomer, Sargon of Akkad, who swiftly conquered an even larger empire for himself and his descendants out of the ashes of his predecessors, it would have been Lugal Zargzi, not Sargon, who would likely be remembered today as history's first conqueror. At the time of Lugal Zargzi's birth in around 2320 BC, a vast plethora of competing states had existed upon the grasslands of southern Iraq in an almost unbroken line of succession dating back thousands of years to the world's very first city builders. There, in the fertile yet difficult lands between the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers, they had established long-lasting dynasties and gradually expanded their cultural and political influence outwards to the neighbouring states to the north and the east. Uma was just one of these cities, and not a particularly old one, probably being founded sometime during the early dynastic period of 2900 to 2300 BC. Older cities such as Uruk, which had its roots sometime in the 4th millennium BC and reached its apex of between 50,000 and 80,000 inhabitants by around 2900, had long played the role of religious and cultural hub to its younger neighbours. When Lugal Zargzi assumed the title of Ensi, a Sumerian title meaning Lord of the Lowland, and designated to the ruler or a prince of a city-state, he inherited a city in a state of almost perpetual warfare with its neighbour to the south. This border conflict had already raged for generations by his time, but he was able to end it once and for all by focusing all of his efforts on definitively defeating Lagash and imposing his own rule upon the city, killing its king, Urukagina, in the process. After achieving the conquest fairly early in his reign, and now possessing a strong army, he didn't stop there. The conquest of Lagash was the first of many to come. In just a few short years, Lugal Zargzi was able to use his newfound military supremacy in the south to extend his influence to the nearby ancient centres of power at Uruk and Ur. Though he seems to have largely left the cities alone out of a respect for their holy status, they were no longer independent and he even made Uruk his new capital. Lugal Zargzi used the legitimacy associated with rulership of the religious and cultural centres of the Sumerian world to his advantage, as he continued to bring more and more far-flung cities under his control, either through actual conquest or by diplomacy. He even succeeded in bringing the other foremost centre of the Sumerian world, Nippur, the most holy of cities, and home to the esteemed shrine of Enlil under his control. 
it wasn't long before he marched his armies north to conquer the important centre of Kish, overthrowing its Sumerian king, Urzababa, who at the time was supported by a then relatively obscure Akkadian warlord named Sargon, an outsider from beyond the northern borders of direct Sumerian control. By around 2275 BC, Lugalzagzi's state reached its absolute zenith, unifying all of Sumeria under one leader, arguably for the first time in history. Archaeological finds at Nippur suggest that the deity Enlil gave to him all of the lands between the upper and the lower seas, that is, between the Mediterranean Sea and the Persian Gulf, the traditional borders of the Sumerian world. Though his incursion to the Mediterranean was, in the eyes of many modern scholars, not much more than a successful raiding party, the inscription marks the first time that a Sumerian prince claimed to have reached what was, for them, the western edge of the world, and also may have been the first time that a Sumerian ruled over almost the entirety of southern Mesopotamia. Yet, just like so many multitudes of later empires and kingdoms that would follow the Sumerians throughout history, Lugalzagzi's kingdom proved to be a short-lived one. Within just a few years of Umar's supremacy to the political leadership of the Sumerian world, a foreign conqueror appeared from the north, seemingly from nowhere, to destroy the old world and build anew in his own image. Sargon of Akkad, the former cup-bearer to Urzababa of Kish, had returned with an army, and after a long series of hard-fought battles and campaigns, he succeeded in overthrowing Lugalzagzi and establishing himself as the new paramount power in the region. According to later Babylonian versions of Sargon's inscriptions, Lugalzagzi, the one-time conqueror, was not only defeated by Sargon, but led to Enil's temple at Nippur in a collar after he was forced to watch the destruction of the walls of Uruk. The plethora of city-states that Lugalzagzi had conquered, where mostly he had left much of the existing leadership in charge, very quickly seized the opportunity that Sargon's invasion presented to break away from domination by Umar. Within a few short years, however, Sargon followed Lugalzagzi's example, succeeding in conquering all of the cities one by one. He then went further than any other conqueror before him in destroying the existing elites of the Sumerian cities replacing them with his own men, many of them Akkadians. It is a testament to the cultural shift caused by Sargon that centuries later the primary language of much of Sumeria would still be Akkadian. There would be resurgences of Sumerian power in the coming decades, such as with the rise of the Neo-Sumerian Empire up until around 2000 BC, which rose after the Akkadian Empire was itself destroyed by outside invasions in the form of the Gutians, though for the most part the rule of hardy outside conquerors invading and establishing their own dynasties upon the city-dwellers of Mesopotamia would now become the norm. By the rise of the Roman Empire in the latter half of the first millennium BC, most of the formerly all-powerful Sumerian city-states lay abandoned in the baking sun and southern Mesopotamian landscape, preserved by the desert to be rediscovered millennia later. Thank you.